Whether we feel let down or disappointed, Mark Job is showing us how to find hope in Jesus Christ today on Bold Steps Weekend. If you've experienced his forgiveness, yeah, I want to tell you now when God looks at you, he sees you as son. He sees you as daughter of the Most High God. Your name's been written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and God addresses you as a family member. That's why we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Happy New Year and welcome to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. Mark is the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago and president of the Moody Bible Institute. Today we're going to be talking about the real reason for this season and we'll be turning to the book of Isaiah to help us in our study. We're talking, of course, about Jesus and God's gift to us. If you've missed any of the messages in this special series, you can listen to them at your leisure when you head over to our website, boldstepsweekend.org. Right now, here's Mark Joe with today's message titled, There's Hope for the Disappointed. I, I want to remind you today that there was one that was born. His name is Wonderful Counselor, the one that sees into the future because he's not limited by time and space. And he's willing to guide you when you look to the heavens and say, not my will, but yours be done. Proverbs tells us, Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. So I want you to know that his name is Wonderful Counselor, and today you can get guidance and counsel from that Wonderful Counselor. I want you to know that his name is also Mighty God. Jesus was not just a man that was born a marginalized Jewish peasant, born in Galilee that never traveled 60 miles beyond where he was born. He was much more than that. In John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that Word became incarnate and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as the only begotten Son of God. What the Bible tells us is that Jesus, he's always been, he's never had a beginning, he's always existed with the Father. This is core to Christianity. Jesus is not just a good example. He's not a Martin Luther King Jr. He's not a Gandhi. He's not a social reformer. He's not just a good example of a humanitarian person that did good for the masses. Jesus, the Bible declares, is God himself. If you have not understood the deity of Jesus, then you've abdicated Christianity. You cannot be a Christian without embracing the fact that Jesus was all God and all man, mighty God. Why was this important? Well, because only God himself could be sinless. Only God himself could offer the ultimate sacrifice on that cross. You see, the miracle of the incarnation, the bir virgin birth, the miracle of it all was that Jesus himself and some people wonder, well, why did Jesus only, why did he have to be born of a virgin? If you look down through history a little bit, you'll understand that from the first Adam and every generation after Adam has been born with the sin nature, passed down through the seed of man. The Bible calls Jesus the second Adam 
because Jesus was not born with the seed of man. He was born impregnated into a woman without the intervention of man from on high, God depositing in the womb of Mary this inception of life. There was a reason for that because Jesus would not be born with the sin nature that is passed down. And Jesus would be born and live a sinless life. Not once was there lying that came out of him. Not once was there hatred. Not once did he violate the commands of God. He lived a sinless life so that ultimately when he would go to the cross of sacrifice... That blood that Jesus shed was not just merely the blood of man. It was the blood of God himself. The perfect, unblemished sacrifice of God. There's no human being that has ever existed that could have been that sacrifice. There's no good person, no Mother Teresa, no good doer that could have ever hung on that cross and paid for the penalty of our sin. It had to be God himself, the son of God, unblemished, untarnished, sinless, holy. He would be the only sacrifice that could satisfy the justice of God. That's why when he went to that cross, he was all God and all man. Yet amazing as it may seem, think about it. The God of the universe, omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent, sovereign, that knows all things, that waved and the worlds were created, that the angels bow to him day and night, that they fly around his throne calling, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. This infinite God chose to humble himself and package himself as a baby who needed to subsist and exist by nursing on his mother's breast, the God of the universe, dwindled down to a baby with diapers. Amazing. Never once did he cease to be God. Never once did he cease to be holy. Never once did he give up his deity. He emptied himself and limited himself, but never once did he cease to be mighty God. The Bible says his name is called Mighty God. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29, 31, he says he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. And young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. He's a mighty God. And I don't know what you may be facing today. Maybe it seems like your obstacles are great. Maybe it seems like your challenges are too far for you to overcome. I want you to know that there's a name being given to Jesus, and his name is Mighty God. Not only is he wonderful counselor, He's also mighty God. And if you've embraced him and accepted him and believed him, invited him into your life, you have the power of almighty God dwelling with you and walking beside you. Amen. Number three, he's called everlasting father. There's a great difference between our earthly father and everlasting father. 
He is called Everlasting Father. He has no beginning. He has no end. Yet he functions as a father. The nurture, the protection, the guidance of a father. Not a distant, omnipotent, generic force of the universe, but a caring, loving, involved father who the spirit surges us inside to call him Abba Father, which means Daddy. That spirit is the spirit of Jesus that lives in us. And the Bible says his name is called Everlasting Father. It tells us in Matthew 11, Come to me, all those of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest in your souls. There's something about the Father heart of God manifested in Jesus that gives me great comfort as I come to him as one that I know has all power, but one that I know cares deeply. Everlasting Father. You're listening to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. Today's message is called, There is Hope for the Disappointed. If you'd like to hear it again, be sure to visit us online at boldstepsweekend.org. Mark, one feature on that website is we're inviting questions from listeners, and I hope this is okay with you because it kind mm-hmm. of puts you on the spot. I love it. <laughs> okay. Here's Roger who sent this question to you. Dear Mark, I've read Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13 many times. I've heard some people say that this promise was a passage only for the Israelites and doesn't apply to us. But others have made it a modern-day application for this passage. Is there a modern-day application for this passage? What is your interpretation? Roger, that's a great question. And, of course, Jeremiah chapter 29, 11 through 13 is a powerful passage quoted a lot. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. What a powerful scripture. Here's the thing. In the context, Jeremiah the prophet, who's called the weeping prophet, uh, he was speaking to his uh, fellow Jews as they were forced to exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Talk about disappointment, huh? Very disappointing. He had a tough ministry and exiled under the enemy who were taking them captive. And they were actually also combating a false prophet, Hananiah, who was saying that God would relieve the Jews of their suffering in two years and they would come back to their home. So, so Jeremiah is combating this false prophecy. He has to tell them that it's going to be 70 years. So it's in the context of telling them 70 years of captivity, he gives them this word. And so this word was specifically for the Jewish people at that time, but it conveys the heart of God. It it, it can be applied to today because God does have a plan for us. God does want our good. God does uh, see into our future. And God does sustain us during long periods of suffering because ultimately his blessing and his favor is upon us. Oh, that's so good. Roger, thank you for that question today. If anyone listening right now has a question for Mark, you can go to our website, boldstepsweekend.org. Look for Ask a Question on the left sidebar there on the website. Ask a question at boldstepsweekend.org. 
Mark, thanks for doing that. But let's return now to your message today. There is hope for the disappointed. Number four, and lastly, he's called Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. He's a prince. He's the commander of peace. When someone rules over something, uh, you say, well, he is the, he's the captain of the guard. That means he's in charge of the guard. When you say, well, that's the store manager, it means that that store he manages. He has authority over that store. A prince means that he has authority and rule. Part of his rule is peace. What kind of peace does he rule over? Well, he rules over the peace between us and God. He makes a way so that you and I could have peace with God Almighty. He is the mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus The Bible says there's only one mediator between man and God, and that is Christ Jesus. I want to say, listen, there's a lot of good people. And there's a lot of people that have died and gone before, that have lived very good lives. There have been martyrs that have come before, but there's no one dead or alive that can mediate between you and God except for Jesus Christ. There is no in-between. Oh, I know your mother was a great woman, And I'm sure she loved you and prayed for you a lot. But I'm going to tell you, your mother that's gone on to be with the Lord, she's not receiving your prayers of mediation. That's not her position for you to pray to her that she would somehow influence God. There's one already in that position. His name is Christ Jesus. Uh, He's been given access. That's where he is, that's who he is, that's where he belongs. He says, come to me, I give you access to the Father, one mediator between man and God, and that is the Messiah, Christ Jesus. He's the Prince of Peace. It tells us in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give peace as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. I heard recently of a man that was somewhat angry at God. And on Christmas Sunday, his family decided to go to church and invited him. It was Christmas Eve. They decided to go to church and invited him. And he said, I don't, I don't want to go. I have... I have my issues. You go without me. And they went and it was snowing quite a bit. There was a snowstorm happening outside and he heard some bangs in the window. One bang and he thought it was just maybe the wind. And then he heard another bang and another bang. And so it caught his attention and he walked over to his big uh, glass window in the living room and he realized that it was birds that had been caught in the storm and and were banging against the window thinking that they were going to find shelter, but weren't able to find it. Never happened to, you ever seen that happen? Happened one time in my house. I heard a bang in the window and walked out and it was a bird. He was laying on the ground. My kids were with me. They said, oh, dad, that little bird. Dad, what's wrong? I said, no, no, he's probably just hurt. He was still alive. I said, all he needs to do is he just needs a little help. So You just need to, you know, you throw them up in the air and and they'll fly. 
And so I threw him up in the air like this. He didn't fly. He went, boom. And then I went over to him and he was kind of jerking. And they said, you killed him, Dad. I said, I, I was trying to help. Sorry. Okay. They still haven't let me get away with that. They, the bird that I killed, they call it. I think he was already on his deathbed before I got to him. But some of you are saying, remind me not to invite you to my hospital when I'm sick, my bed, you know. So the man went out to his backyard, and there he found this flock of birds, actually a whole, a whole flock of birds that had gathered in his uh, backyard there and were moving around and had been caught by the storm. And so he wanted to get them out of the storm, so he opened up his garage door, and he, he tried to shoo them into the garage to get them out of the storm, but, but they wouldn't go. And then he got some bird feed and he tried to lure them in there and they still wouldn't go. And then he, he, he kind of waved his arms and they were just getting frantic. Oh, these dumb birds. If only they knew they could just get in the garage and be warm and get out of the storm. Everything would be okay if they just understood it. And he thought to himself, if I could just be a bird and just be a bird for a moment, I would just talk bird language, and I would tell them, hey, just get in here, you'll be okay. And just as he thought that thought, he heard the bells of the church ringing. And it struck him. Isn't that what Jesus did? Being all God and almighty God, we were confused and couldn't find our way and didn't know that there was a God way. But he came down and he became like one of us and he spoke our language. And he lived amongst us so that we could know that God had made a way. Jesus, Emmanuel. And I closed this morning, I was thinking to myself, You were given a candle as you walked in. And we do it because I try to remind you every year, listen, there's a light that has come and his name is Jesus. But that light has not been, oh, that light has not been contained to Jesus because Jesus takes that light and as he touches our life, our life touches other lives, the light of God and wherever we go, wherever we walk, God expects us that we would take that light. My name at birth was Mark. As I grew up, went my way, there was another name, Sinner. Because like everyone else, my sin, my sinful nature, my own rebelliousness of heart took me down my own path. The enemy could have looked at me and said, he's a sinner and he deserves separation from God. He's a sinner. He doesn't deserve to be able to talk to you, God. 
That's his new name. That's his new identity. And some of you are here and that's how you view yourselves. You feel like I'm ashamed to walk into the house of God. How could God ever accept me? How could I ever become clean enough for God's grace upon me? That's your identity, your sinful past. But I want you to know that Jesus Christ became a man so that we, humankind, mankind, could become sons of God. And if you've experienced God, then there's another name that comes upon you. The name is forgiven. You've been forgiven. Oh, I know you have a past. But now when God sees you, he sees you forgiven, washed of your past, cleansed. That's not who defines who you are. That's who you were, but that doesn't define you now. Oh, people may still call you by your street name, or they may know who you were. And when they see you, they say, ah, it's you. But what they don't know, oh, you look the same maybe on the outside. Oh, you have the same physical name. But what they don't see is your heart. Because what's happened is you're forgiven. And once you're forgiven, oh, there's another name that sticks. And this is the name that I love the most from God. It's the name Son. Behold what manner of love the Father has given granted us that we should be called the sons of God. If you've experienced his forgiveness, yeah, I want to tell you now when God looks at you, he sees you as son. He sees you as daughter of the most high God. And so when you walk, you no longer have that identity of being broken and lost. You have the identity of I am a son. I'm a daughter of the most high God. When God addresses you, he doesn't call you sinner. God calls you son. God calls you daughter. Your name's been written in the Lamb's book of life and God addresses you as a family member. That's why we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Amen. An important reminder to take with us into the new year. You're listening to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job, the conclusion of a message titled, There is Hope for the Disappointed, from our Christmas Brings Hope series. If you've missed any part of this special series, you can catch up online at boldstepsweekend.org. And if there's ever a message you can't find there, be sure to check out our largest archive of sermon series available at moodyaudio.com. Feel free to search for a message based on a specific topic, a sermon series, or a book in the Bible. Check it out today, moodyaudio.com. Now, Mark, as we close today, I want to touch on something I think really permeates through all of these daily Bible teachings, and that's how important it is to have a personal relationship with Christ. We can't just go through the motions. We've got to spend real time in the presence of Jesus. And that just is not only true for people that are coming to Christ and need to accept Him as Lord and Savior. It's for all of us, isn't it? Yeah, but it's true of people that are believers mm -hmm. as well. And I just preached at Founders Week not too long ago about on Revelation chapter 3, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. That's for believers. Right. 
He invites us to come in and sit at the table and fellowship with them. So really, that's the message of Louis Giglio's book, At the Table with Jesus. I love that title because he just focuses on who Jesus is. And this book has 66 devotional thoughts specifically aimed at understanding who Jesus is in a more compelling way. And we'd be happy to send you a copy of Louis Giglio's book when you give a donation of any amount to Bold Steps Weekend. You can do that right now by going to our website, boldstepsweekend.org, or call 866-535-5580. That's 866-535-5580. You can also send your gift and request our Bold Step gift through the mail, Address an envelope to Bold Steps Weekend, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And whether you're taking off for a winter vacation or looking ahead to a busy new year, we want to encourage you to subscribe to our podcast so you can take these daily messages with you and listen wherever you go. Just go to your podcast app and search for Bold Steps Weekend with Dr. Mark Job. And to check out the special new video content coming on exclusively on the Bold Steps YouTube channel, be sure to subscribe there as well. Mark releases brand new videos every Tuesday on subjects like grief, living in unfair circumstances, and the healing power of God. You can subscribe today by searching for Bold Steps Radio on YouTube or type in our website handle, youtube.com slash at Bold Steps Radio. Well, from all of us at Bold Steps, Happy New Year. Join us next time when Mark Job shares a message called Making Quiet Space in Busy Places. We're starting out our new year right next time on Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.